0: We are going to finish up our uh, series on um, the minor prophets today, uh, and we're looking at the book of Jonah. So if you want to turn over in your Old Testament scripture and find the book of Jonah, um, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, Jonah is probably the one minor prophet that we're all familiar with. if you know if probably all of us have heard of jonah and the whale right uh and why do we remember that it's because it's jonah and the whale <laughs> you know, you know <clears throat> a man gets swallowed by a whale i mean you, that's it's hard to forget that uh and not notice it or a big fish as it's called in the in the bible uh the there's a question about whether it's a whale or a, or, or a big fish but uh you know that's a that's a story that gets your attention so we you know we've all heard of that one um Several years ago, I I did an entire series on the book of Jonah. Some of you may remember that. And and I began that series by asking the question, is the book of Jonah a tale of a whale or is it a whale of a tale? (laughs) Uh, The the truth is some, uh, some people in our enlightened progressive world Uh, think that, you know, the story, the idea of a fish swallowing a man, it's just too amazing to be true. It it can't be a true story. Um, And and I would say to that, not so fast. Uh, The following documented account is just one of several Jonah-like incidents that have occurred in history. And some of you may remember this story that I told during the Jonah series. In February of 1891, the ship Star of the East was whale hunting off the Falkland Islands in the South Atlantic. While pursuing a large sperm whale, one of the two boats was capsized by the whale. The hunters went on to kill the whale, but they feared two of their men had drowned. James Bartley was one of the missing fishermen. The crew mourned the loss of their fellow shipmate, but also had a tremendous task of preparing this giant sea creature. They worked until midnight, removing the the blubber from this 80-foot-long, 80-ton whale. The next morning, they hoisted the whale's stomach on board, on the deck, and to their surprise, they saw faint movement. When the stomach was cut open, Bartley was found unconscious in the stomach. He was bathed in seawater and placed in the captain's quarters for two weeks. He was confused and mentally disturbed. You think? You think? Yet for four week, uh, yet in four weeks, he had fully recovered and was able to recount his experience. For the rest of his life, he carried the scars of a bleached face, white face, neck, and hands from the whale's gastric acid. Now, if you believe that story, um, and there were there are many there were some disputes over whether that story was true or not. Um, So, if you research it, you might you might find uh, some other information about that story. But if you believe that story, then you know that it is possible for a person to be swallowed by a whale and survive. If you don't believe that story, and a lot of people don't, uh, if you believe that it's highly unlikely that a man could survive for three days in the stomach of a whale, uh, then consider this. If you believe that God created the world in six days, if you believe that God destroyed the earth with a flood, if you believe that God divided the Red Sea and the people walked across on dry ground, If you believe that Jesus was God who became a man born of a virgin who died on the cross and rose from the dead in three days, if you believe those things, then it shouldn't be much of a stretch (laughs) to believe that God could use a big fish to get the attention of one of his reluctant prophets, right? Jesus believed in the story of Jonah. Uh, and even used it as an example of what would happen to him, Compare what was was about to happen to him to that story. Matthew 12, verse 40, Jonah was in the stomach of a huge fish for three days. Uh, Jesus didn't say this. This is the metaphor that was told back in the day that Jonah, no, he he said it as if it happened uh, for three days and three nights. Something like that will happen to the Son of Man. He will spend three days and three nights in the grave. So Jesus believed this story, understood it to be a real true story. Jonah's experience was either something that could happen to someone given the right circumstances, or it was just simply a miracle. Uh, And pretty small miracle, considering some of the other miracles that God created, like, I don't know, creating the universe in six days. It was indeed a tale of a whale not a whale of a tale <laughs> let's look at jonah chapter 1 verse 1 through 3 the message from the lord came to jonah this whole uh, thing started when god sent jonah this message go to the great city of nineveh preach against it the sins of its people have come to my attention but jonah ran away from the lord he headed for Tarshish. I suppose up to that point, Jonah had been a faithful follower of God in his life. Uh, we, we don't really know anything about Jonah before this story. We're just introduced to him here. But God chose him for this mission, so he must have been a servant, right? He must have been somewhat faithful to God, or why would he have chosen Jonah to do this? But we quickly see that while Jonah may have been faithful to God before, he wanted nothing to do with this new job that God had for him. Um, Why was he so willing to run from this task of going to the city of Nineveh to preach uh, a message from God of repentance to them, to call them to repent? Why was he so willing to run from that? Well, likely it was because he just did not have much love for the Ninevites or the Assyrians. Remember when we studied the minor prophet of Nahum a couple of weeks ago? What was the word for Nahum? Dean, right, D-I-Y-N, which means what? God's wrath, God's wrath, right? Remember that book was written to the Israelites about the coming destruction of the Assyrians or, and their capital city was Nineveh. Um, so we saw in that message that, and from Nahum, that um, Nineveh had a reputation for being this this horrible nation. Uh, they were brutal. They were cruel. They were oppressive. Um, they were wicked. Uh, Nahum described it in this way: Nahum two verse one. How terrible it will be for Nineveh! It is a city of murderers. It is full of liars. It's filled with stolen goods. The killing never stops. Nineveh was a bad place, uh, filled with a lot of evil, wicked people. Um, Prophets of God generally uh, don't preach to Gentiles. Prophets of God generally preach to their own people, the Israelites. Um, And Israel could be evil, too, at times uh they were they had their how often do we read in in the old testament and israel did evil in the eyes of the lord um they were constantly falling away from god and and worshiping uh idols and things like that uh but the one thing one difference between israel and some other people like the ninevites or the Assyrians was israel was family you know we can tolerate bad things from family maybe a little bit more than we can from other people you know I hate what they're doing but you know it's my cousin um and and so uh their their family and so it was rare for a prophet to be sent from God to the Gentiles to preach Uh, but God decided that that's what he wanted Jonah to do he wanted Jonah to go warn the the Ninevites the Assyrians that they needed to repent of their sins of their brutality, of their wickedness. Likely the thought of Jonah uh, was, was something like, why should, why should I care about these, these evil people, these heathens? Why should I care about them? Um, they're, they're pagans, they're cruel, they're barbarians. You know, they've, they've oppressed us, our people. Why should, why should I do anything uh, nice for them or good for them? Jonah probably would have had a lot of sympathy from his fellow Israelites about this. They probably all would agree with him. Uh, you know, Jews hated Gentiles. I mean, they, they just hated them in their hearts. God didn't like it like it that they hated them, but that's how they had come to, to be and to feel. They had no love, no sympathy for them. In, in their eyes, the Gentiles were lower than the dogs, than dogs. And dogs back then weren't like dogs today you know, where we love them and, and let them sleep in our bed with us. Um, you know, dogs were like just scavengers out in the street, and they were, they were not welcomed at all. And so Gentiles were lower than dogs, not worth the time of day, much less to go preach to them and try to get them to change. So Jonah gets a job from God that he just doesn't want. <laughs> so what does he do? He runs. He runs. Jonah 1, verse 3. But Jonah ran away from the Lord. He headed for Tarshish. So he went down to the port of Joppa. There he found a ship that was going to Tarshish. He paid the fare and he went on board. Then he sailed for Tarshish. He was running away from the Lord. That's the word for the book of Jonah run. It's not whale. It could be whale, well, you know, there's all kinds of words it could be. But for today, the word for Jonah is run, run. Okay, uh, Robin, I'll just, just put that first slide up, and don't put the other one up till after we, we get through naming them. Uh, let's go through the words again for our minor prophets. What was the word for Joel? Locust, Micah, restoration, Obadiah, Petra, Nahum, Dean, Habakkuk, Watchtower and last week Haggai build man oh you got it written down oh well you you're cheating you're cheating you got a copy of my sermon there <laughs> and I, and I thought you were just really smart okay okay uh, so, so all right all right go ahead and put that other slide up okay so there's your answers right there um, just kind of gives you a little just a little. Uh, uh, something to grab onto, and go oh well that, yeah that 's what that book was about. The word for Jonah is run it 's run because Jonah decided to run not just away from Nineveh, you know just to, just down the street, but he went as far away from Nineveh as you could go in the in the ancient world. He went to Tarshish which was which was in southwestern spain that 's where he was going anyway, he never made it there, but that 's where he was headed. Um, the, you know, that was, that's about as far away from Nineveh in the ancient world as Timbuktu is, you know, for us in our world, wherever Timbuktu is. Uh, for, for some reason, Jonah thought he could actually get away from God by just running. Uh, Jonah thought he could ignore God's message that was given directly to him by running. So, throughout this message, here's, here's the question we're going to ask a few times. Do you and I, do we ever run from God's messages? Do we ever run from God's messages? Our Bibles are filled with messages from God that's just meant just for us. I mean, this was a message just for Jonah. But as Christians, we have all kinds of messages that are just for us, just for you, just for me. Do we ever ignore them and try to run? Um... Let me just throw out a couple of messages, and we'll see if, if you've ever run from these messages. The first one is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. You know, in a sense, Jonah was being asked to go to his neighbor, the Assyrians, the Ninevites, and love them by preaching a message of repentance. Love them. He wasn't told to go there and start liking them. And invite them over for dinner. Uh, he was calling. He was being told to go and love them, and 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 the the act of love was to tell them the word of God, so that they could repent and not be destroyed. That was the act of love. Um, the 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 Ninevite people who people who you love to hate, or they did. They loved to hate the Ninevites because they were evil. They were cruel. They were immoral. They would have never reached out in love to Jonah. No, never. Why should he care about them? Ever felt like that about somebody? Why should I care about them? Ever had a neighbor or a coworker, or a family member or a church, a fellow church member or a neighbor that you, that you really didn't like at all? Maybe they were cruel to you or to someone that you love, or maybe they were just too critical all the time. Maybe they were impatient. Maybe they were unkind, hateful towards you. We've all probably had people like that in our lives in different circumstances. Have you ever had trouble obeying God's command to love them, to love them? It's right there in his messages to us in God's word as Christians. This is the one that Jonah had, Leviticus 19, verse 18, um, in the Old Testament. Do not try to get even. Do not hold anything against one of your people. Instead, love your neighbor as you love yourself. I am the Lord. That's the Old Testament. (laughs) Jonah would have been probably familiar with that passage, that command from God. Here's the one that, that we refer to a lot when someone asks Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Uh, he said in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven 37 through 40, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Love him, love him with all of your mind. This is the first and most important commandment, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Everything that is written in the law and the prophets is based on these two commands. Jesus was saying that you could take the whole Old Testament and make it, two verses, love God and love people, love God and love people. Those are the two most important things that God tells us to do, the messages from him. And how about this one, Matthew 5, 44, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies. Have you ever run from that message to love your enemies? I bet most of us have at times. Maybe we didn't run to Timbuktu, uh, but we ran by, um, by giving them what they gave us, treating them the same way they treated us, or, or maybe just ignoring them, or um, avoiding them, or, or talking about them behind their backs, or in our hearts, hating them. You ever hated someone in your heart? That's sinful. That's not loving them. Love your neighbor as yourself. Ever run from that? How about this one? Forgive. Forgive. If Jonah preached to the Ninevites, and if they repented, and if God forgave them, which is what is going to happen, Jonah does eventually go and preach to them and And they did repent, and God did forgive them. And Jonah knew if that happened, then Jonah knew he would have to forgive them too. And Jonah was not ready to do that yet. He really struggled with that that message from God, forgive, forgive. That's a, a very strong message from God, not just to Jonah, but to you and me, isn't it? You know, forgive those who have sinned against you. Wow, that's so difficult. It certainly is for me. I bet it is for you too. Matthew 6, 14 through 15, Jesus said, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. That's wonderful, isn't it? That's wonderful. Uh, but verse 15, But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins did you realize there's a condition on our forgiveness from god for our sins and that is that we must be willing to forgive people who have sinned against us their sins jesus was very clear you know not only must uh, must uh, not, not only must forgive we must forgive those who sinned against us that's a condition on our own forgiveness from him. Colossians 3.13, Paul wrote this, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. And then he reminds us, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Oh yeah, that's right. (laughs) He did, didn't he? Ever run from the forgive message? I have, I have. Ever run because you felt like it just wasn't fair to have to do that? Isn't that really one of the reasons we do run from it? You know, after what he did to me, after after the way he treated me, and now I have to forgive them. They don't deserve my forgiveness. It's not fair for me to have to forgive them after what they did. And you know what? You're right. If you feel that way, that it isn't fair. They. They they might not deserve it, but that's the way forgiveness works. You know, forgiveness is not conditional on what they do. Forgiveness is just something we're supposed to do, regardless of what they do. And it wasn't fair that Jesus died for my sins and your sins, was it? Was it fair? He didn't sin one single time, yet he died for our sins it wasn't fair for him, but he did it anyway. Why did he do it? Because we're all sinners. All of us are sinners. All of us have made mistakes. We're not any better than that person that we hate or that we refuse to forgive. We're not any better than them. He died for us anyway, though, because he loves us. He loves us, and we're called to forgive as he forgave us. How about this message from God? Tell people about me. Tell people about me. Jonah did not like that message, not at all, to go to the Ninevites and tell them about about God. You know, they had their gods. You know, they had made their decision to be pagans. You know, besides, you know, God, you're the God of the Hebrews, not of the Ninevites. Why, Why should I go tell them about you? You're just for us. You're just for us. Jesus told you and me to go and make disciples of all nations, Matthew 28, verse 19. And Jesus wants us to tell everybody about him, everybody. You know, how can people be saved if they don't first hear the message? They, you know, they, they can't learn it by osmosis. It's not in the air and they just capture it in their brain. Somebody's got to tell them about Jesus. And God wants us to do it. He called us to do it. God wants all people to be saved, even those who we might not like, even those who might be our enemies, who are different from us. He wants all people to be saved. And it's easy to run from that message, isn't it? It's easy to run from the message to tell people about God. When we hear that message, a lot of times, you know, our, our Tarshish, where we run to, might be, strangely, running to church here. Instead of going and telling people about, about Christ, we come here. Why do we come here? So Because we, we like to be around people that are like us, and we like to be around people that we're comfortable with, and we like to be around people that think like us, who are saved like us. It's, it feels more comfortable, doesn't it, to just come here? That's where we run to, don't we? Rather than going out to interact with those who are lost. Ever run from God's message to tell others about him? How about this one? Do the work of my kingdom. Do the work of my kingdom. Ever run from that? Jonah perhaps was willing to do some work. I'll do that work, but I ain't going to do that work. Not that work. Ever run from God's message to tell others, I mean, to, to do his work. Um, You know, ever done like Jonah and said, okay, I'm willing to do that, but not that. Not that. God calls every one of us to serve in his kingdom, to serve in his body or the church. God calls every single Christian to serve in his body. We are all a part of the church, the body of Christ. No Christian Christian can say, I'm saved, but I'm not really a member of the church. Oh, yeah, you are. If you're saved, you're a member of Christ's church. And God has a job for every single one of us to do. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27 um, you know, we talked about this Wednesday night during our, our study about spiritual gifts. You know, that each one of us has given a manifestation of the Holy Spirit when we become a Christian. We have a spiritual gift. And what's that spiritual gift for? It's to be used for the common good of Christ's kingdom. Uh, and, and it's very specific. If it's, if it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouraging, then encourage. If it's giving, then giving. If it's serve, then serve. If it's leading, then lead. It, you have a job to do, do it, do it. If you're a Christian, you are a part of the body of Christ, and you have a job in that, in that body, a role to play. Every single one of us does. No one can say, well, I don't have a job. Well, you do, you just haven't found it yet, and you, ha- you aren't doing it yet. But sometimes when we hear that message, we suddenly hear Tarshish calling I need to run, run. Uh, it's it's time to get to work. Well, you know what, I've got to get out of here. I can't stay any longer. Um, Sometimes that that Tarshish is is our job, work. I I can't, I got to work, can't, sorry. Uh, Sometimes it's just watching TV, uh, sports, or uh, uh, a hobby that we have, you know, that, that we spend a lot of time doing, going to the beach. Uh, sleeping in on, on Sunday mornings or, or Wednesdays or, or wherever it is, whatever time it is that we have uh, something to do. Sometimes a sniffly nose. Uh, I don't feel like it. You know, being a part of the body of Christ is, is, is sometimes a message that we just don't want to hear. I, we need you, God needs for you to serve in his kingdom, and we just don't want to hear it. I'll come to church on Sunday and worship, but, you know, I I really don't have time beyond that. What happens when we run from God's message? Well, when Jonah ran, it didn't work out very well for him. (laughs) Let's read about that story, verse 4 through 17. "Then Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this time the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. What a tale. (laughs) What a tale. I believe it happened. I believe it happened because Jesus believed it happened. God has some interesting ways to get Jonah's attention, didn't he? And maybe he uses this story for us. Why is this story included in the Bible? It's not just... um, an entertainment and something that VeggieTales put together. Um, now, why did God give us this story? It's to remind us and get our attention to stop running from his messages because we all are guilty of it from time to time. So what's our take home from this first chapter of Jonah? Let's every one of us honestly ask this question of ourselves. Don't look at your neighbor... But that's the temptation. Well, he's running and she's running. Don't do that. Let's look at ourselves honestly. Am I running from any of God's messages to me? Am I running from his messages right now? You know, all of us have done that from time to time probably. No, Lord, I just, I know that's what you want me to do, but I'm just going to go over here and do this. But as Jonah discovered, uh, we cannot run from God. You know, it, it, we can't go to Timbuktu because you know what? God's in Timbuktu too. <laughs> He's wherever we go and we can't get away from him. We can't run from God. So the question is what will it take for him to get our attention? We don't want to be swallowed by a whale. That's probably not going to happen. Uh, but God is trying to get our attention. What what will it take for us to to wake up and go, oh, all right, God, okay, you know best. I'm going to do what you call me to do. Let's stop running and let's go to Nineveh and do what God calls us to do, whatever that is. Let's stop running and answer God's call to serve him. Father, I thank you for this great story of Nineveh. Uh, it 's an exciting story we make a great movie, and uh, you know we love to, to think about what it might have been like, even the, the following chapters are exciting too, as, as Jonah repents and comes back and, and does go preach to the Ninevites and, and they repent, and, and he 's still not happy, um, but it 's it's, it's a great story, and so much can be learned from us for us today, from that story. So today, might the lesson be uh, that we all stop running from God's messages to us and stop making excuses uh, and figure out a way with our schedules and with our families and with our time, uh, figure out a way to just serve you in the way you want us to serve you. Thank you, Father, for, uh, for your word and the things we learn from it. Thank you for the chance we've had during uh, the last few weeks to take a look at some of these minor prophets. Uh, On the surface, they can be a little confusing, but if we dig down deep and see um, uh, what the context was and what was going on at the time, we we can learn something from every single one of them. And so I pray that next time we read the minor prophets, these that we've looked at, uh, it'll make more sense and we can grow even more. So thank you, Father, for your word and for your love. In Christ's name. Amen.